Hello, and welcome once again to another edition of TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission, where we take an in-depth view of the artists chosen by God to use their gift to glorify Him, the stories behind their music, and of course, how the Lord has been with them in the process. We also examine the many issues surrounding music ministry, which is our agenda today, as we talk about the qualifications that one must have in order to lead and or serve in various areas of ministry, including music on Music with a Mission. This is Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis, and we are blessed to have with us a familiar face here at TSC, worship leader and director of the Youth Choir here at Times Square Church, Dorian Johnson. Great to have you with us, Dorian. Great to be here, Derek. And, of course, good friend and brother, director of music here at Times Square Church, Greg Thomas, riding along with us as we explore the qualifications that one must have in order to lead and or serve in various areas of ministry, including music. Great to have you along, Greg. 
Good to be here, Derek. Yes, sir. Dory, this is your first time on. Yes, it is. Great to have you, man. Let's get them. Let's get them. Yeah, em. let's get them. Yeah, good, I mean. good to be here, I think. <laughs> Who are you? Where'd you come from? How'd you get here? No. Uh, you serve in the youth choir. Yes. First of all, you've been at Times Square Church for a long time. Yes, I've been here since 1996 when wow. I moved to New York City. Yes. Okay, from? Well, uh, originally from Pittsburgh via Providence, Rhode Island, when it, where I went to college. Okay. Moved here in 96 to start working, build a career like every other person wants sure, to do. Sure, And uh, this was my uh, second time actually coming to Times Square Church and um, made this my home church. Why did you make TSC your home church? Um, well, at that time, I was actually working on Wall Street. Oh, no um, And so for practical reasons, actually, uh, this was one of the few churches that had services all throughout the day because being an analyst on Wall Street means sometimes that you're working on the weekends. Absolutely. So you may not be able to make it to just the 10 o'clock service okay, on a okay. Sunday. And um, you lead worship? I lead worship. And you're uh, the director of the youth choir. Director of the youth choir. I've been directing the youth choir much longer than I've been leading worship. Okay. And How I have to tell that you that it's I'm much more comfortable doing that than leading worship. Really? <laughs> yes. Why? Um, I have a sort of running joke with uh, the choir that I feel I do my best work when my back is to the congregation, <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily facing them. That's um, good stuff. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm considering turning the piano yeah, you're considering the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> On the heels of our last podcast, What is Worship? It only stands to reason that we would address the issue of the qualifications that one must have in order to lead and or serve in various areas of ministry. It was indeed one of the issues that came up. And there are varied views, so let's dive right in, shall we? In the last decade or so, do you think we've seen a decline in the spiritual quality of those in various areas of leadership? Yes, I believe so. I mean, I, I think that uh, any time that we begin to step outside of the boundaries of what the Bible says are qualifications for ministry mm. um, or leadership within areas of ministry, mm -hmm. uh, we begin to run into danger. And, and just as the word says, I mean, when once we begin to forsake the word of God, we, we find ourselves on very dangerous ground uh, because the human heart is very apt to, um, to deceive itself and to cause it to create a God in its own image, something that they... Uh, consider to be the right way to do things when the Word of God says something totally different than than what what the Word of God says. How do you see that, Greg? I totally agree. Um, from a music perspective as well, I think the decline has been uh, even greater. Uh, we've seen decline in the Church of Jesus Christ, um, but at the same time, I think we're seeing an an, an incredible growth in the church, especially today. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems as if the the more the decadence our days become, the 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 brighter the church of Jesus Christ shines. Mm. Um abound grace like it's more it's about. an amazing contrast. And it's mm -hmm. um and I really I really believe it's it's really the hand of the Lord that that the more attack that comes against the church, the stronger the church gets. So you're saying that we should get back in the boundaries because you mentioned boundaries, right? So you're saying we should get back. In uh, absolutely, the boundaries? I think the I think the gospel is simple. Mm -hmm. The gospel of Jesus Christ is simple, and and here here's the other thing: the gospel that Jesus preached is simple. 
Sure, sure. <laughs> and I think a lot of times, you know, there's the necessity in some areas to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But then we have to then move to the gospel that Jesus Christ preached. Mm. Uh, so the gospel of Jesus Christ, obviously, we, we can sum it up in those five, you know, the the the, the birth, the mm-hmm. life, the death, yeah. the resurrection, mm-hmm. the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, sure. and we hear that preached all the time. But then the gospel of Jesus Christ preached. You remember that Jesus only preached salvation once. Mm-hmm. Everything after that was the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 about living the king, living the kingdom of God, living the principles of the kingdom of God in this time that we have. And so. And of course, to do that, you've got to be a follower of Christ to know what those principles are. But Jesus preached the kingdom. Right. So let's look at the qualifications then. Let's look at that. I see you guys have your Bibles open. Oh, we we always come prepared. (laughs) (laughs) We've heard about you. Your reputation speaks of you. (laughs) Right. What are the qualifications uh, for those serving in various areas of leadership? Uh, what does the Bible say about that? I do know in First Timothy 3, verses 1 through 13, and Titus 1, verses 5 through 16, well, the qualification for pastors and elders is clearly outlined there. You guys want to take a look at that? You... Well, you said you do know, so we <laughs> trust that you know. We, if you need us to verify what you're saying, then <laughs> sure, we'll... You know what? <laughs> I will go to it right now and make right. sure you got your. your no, no, your I, text I, they're proper. they're long. It, they're long. It's long. You're right. I'm looking at it. Right. Okay. And even Titus one verse six talks about the overseer having to be or must be blameless. Right. Sure. And I think that speaks to what Greg was speaking of in terms of mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. And oftentimes we hear that phrase, but I mean, the kingdom of God is talking about the totality of God's rule in our lives. Okay. And so that refers to the fact that every area of our life has to be submitted to God. Understood. It can't be compartmentalized where we give some areas to God and other areas are our own. Okay. Well, let's talk about an area. You lead worship, for instance. Do you think, and you can both answer this if you want, do you think that a worship leader should have a pastor's heart? A pastor's heart? A pastor's heart. Not necessarily. No. Because I think I, a, pa- uh, a worship leader as a pastor should be blameless, though. Okay. Whereas the qualification for a pastor is that they must be blameless. I think the worship leader should also right. aim to be blameless as well. Okay, so both of them have to be, as the Bible says, above reproach. Above right. reproach. Right. Okay. Let's take a look at that term, above reproach. We mentioned in our last podcast that it goes to reputation. I think you brought that up. Mm -hmm. But doesn't that term mean a little more than simply having a good reputation amongst the people in the church? In other words, it would appear that the qualification of being above reproach would go deeper than people simply expressing a like for him or her, i.e. the worship leader. Oh, sure. I mean, I think there has to be just as... Um, I explain this to my kids all the time. If we're going to say that we're a Christian, then there has to be fruit in our lives. Okay. There has to be fruit. There has to be evidence that we are, in fact, what we say we are. Right. So it would lean more toward an ongoing, ever-increasing spiritual maturity. 
Right. There's got to be fruit. It's got to be noticeable. It's got to be visible. Visible. It's got to mm-hmm. be audible. Okay. But 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 even beyond all of that, because you can say it and fake it. Right. You can walk it and you know or talk it and not walk it. Or, and we're going to talk you know, about the church faith. So you can you can go that. through the motions. Yeah. And still be so far from God. And so deeper than just reputation, uh, there's got to you know you try the spirit by the spirit, and so there's got to be. Uh, and that's why you have to have good uh, quality leadership in that men and women who are genuine, genuinely walking with God. Because then if they are genu- genuinely walking with God, the ability to seek out, from a spiritual perspective, those the ability to seek out those who are just going through the motions, that it will tell itself. You know, I think the Lord eventually does pull the cover cover off of the fakes. You know, again, there, there might be a season of success. And we've seen that in many, many occasions in music ministries and in some right and some some of the most popular Christian artists, mm-hmm. uh, popular pastors, you know, right. mega evangelists. We've seen that right. where there's been a season of success. And, and strangely enough, and I don't want to claim to be able to explain why this is, but strangely enough, it seems that God uses them. And many people come to Christ. The kingdom of God is being advanced, but then there's this major fall. There's this. There's an this, uncovering. Yeah, there's yeah. an uncovering mm-hmm. that see because you don't you don't on Monday live right and then Tuesday fall into adultery. Right. No. No. Understood. It just doesn't happen. It's, you it's you are working this thing. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's progressive. It happens. And, and I right. think that's what I'm trying to get at is yeah. that that level of sin is progressive. And you've been playing with something. You've been toying with this thing over a period of time. And then ultimately you have now you realize you have no more control, no more cover. And God just pulls the cover off of this thing and it is completely revealed. So I do not believe that you can be uh, right with God on Monday and then Tuesday find yourself in adultery. I I, I just don't. I think there's something in the that's something been in the heart for a season that hasn't been surrendered to God. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So clearly it goes beyond likes and dislikes. Definitely. Because uh, people's likes and dislikes are very, very fickle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. I mean, they laid palm down for Jesus and yelled Hosanna in the highest, and a week later they, they yelled crucify him. Correct. So they can like you as a worship leader during this week, but... Next week, they could be yelling, right. crucify him. Sometimes right. I like myself as a worship leader this week and don't like myself the following week. So, okay. Me, I, okay. So, so it, clears, it, it, it clearly goes beyond a group of people liking you. Absolutely. Yeah. But if we look in the Old Testament, you know, we've said this before, yeah. is that there was a consulting with the people. There's a lot that we can take from this. You know, mm. whenever people were appointed, there was a consulting with the people before they were appointed. And so it wasn't just about their reputation. They, you know, and I, if if I can imagine this consulting with the people, yeah. they went to some relatives, they went to some neighbors, maybe they went to your employer. They yeah. did a little background check and just said, "Okay, well, tell me about Derek Davis. What what's his background? Oh, <laughs> you I'm know, talking about Derek where did, Davis. <laughs> where did he work? Who do, who does he know? Who does he run with? You yeah. know, is well, he? Let, but it's interesting I mean? you should say that. Okay, now let's say you know somebody wants to know about Derek Davis, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then there's one person in the group that just doesn't like Derek Davis. Okay, and he kind of spreads a you know spreads a little something about Derek Davis, and it's got you raising your eyebrow, Dorian, because you thought Derek was different, and it's got you raising your eyebrow. So now we've got a domino rumor thing, gossipy thing going on. But I think for those who are doing the consulting, 
they've got to be wiser than that. Okay. They've, they've got to be wiser than to just take the opinion of one. Okay. Okay, let's talk more about the church face you were saying. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned that, and that's really interesting. You were saying that people could fake it for a season. How do you determine that if a person is faking it or putting on a church face? Because you can, you can do that. You can sure. hide your issues. We've seen people in leadership that have had issues, and they just hid them, and it just came out like a big pimple splat over everything. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. How do you determine you know, when somebody has a church face? I think, I think one of the things, I think— one of the things that we try to do, uh, and this is what we do here at Times Square Church. First of all, I, I've served in a lot of ministries prior to coming here. Yeah. And um, and every church does things differently. Yeah. Uh, I think on a natural level, we've got to, one, do everything we know we can do to uncover what we don't know. Everything that we can do within the confines of the law and not breaking the law and not getting too nosy. We have to do on the natural everything we know to do and do on the spiritual everything we know to do. So once we've done everything we know to do, the rest of that is up to the Lord. So when we, for instance, uh, are, are accepting people into the choir or considering people to come, you know, to uh, serve in the choir, they go through an audition. First of all, they go through an, an interview. Right. You talked about that. You said the interview might last three right, days. It, it, right. It could be, you know, three times as long right. than, the, than the audition because everybody can be a singer. Right. And other diamond doesn't. Uh, but people who can sing will sing and will do it for the glory of God, that number starts to dwindle. It's not as big, unfortunately. Okay. And so uh, so a lot of self-seekers, a lot of self-pleasers. And so, you know, and we you do the— see that? Well, we do that because the interview is intense. It, we, we ask you, you know, are you struggling with pornography? It's just a straight-out question. Right. It's not a dance-around issue. Yes, no. Are you dealing with pornography? Have you ever dealt with pornography? Right. What's your prayer life like? What's your devotional time like? Mm. What does the Scripture say about this? What's your opinion about that? And you okay. get to hear it. And and when you've done it long enough, you know the church ease. You know the Christian ease. You right. know those kinds of responses. Okay, now, go right. Dorian. And, and one thing I was going to say to Greg is that particularly with the, with the youth, I mean— uh, and and also with the adults, I mean, part of that interview process is is having a person explain what what is their salvation. Mm-hmm. And if a person can't explain how they know that they're saved, mm-hmm. then they can't effectively minister the gospel. Simple question. It's a simple question. Yeah. E- okay. Can you articulate Can your you salvation? articulate <laughs> how you know that you are indeed a son or daughter of of yeah, and it's Understood. never good enough to say, well, I was born in the church, because we right. hear a lot of that. Or yeah. I was born a Christian, we yeah. hear a lot of that. Red yeah. flag. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. Or, or my mom was a Christian, and oh, she yeah. raised me in the church. We yeah. have tons of that. Yeah, so she, people she think bought the first pew. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So they're going to heaven at an altar on a proven expense. Yeah. Or or sure. but, but the thing about it is, is that the Bible says all men have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. We all have sin. Mm-hmm. And if we say we have no sin, then we make God out to be a liar, Right. Absolutely. Okay. So we all have issues. We may not smoke, drink, club around, or sleep around anymore, but we may still have some issues. But we don't willfully walk in those issues. But does that exempt me from service because I have a pimple on my face? I don't think it exempts you from service. It may may exempt you from serving in an area of leadership. It may. Because the the leader has to be above more, in my opinion, and and scripturally, has to be above the reproach that the server is above if that makes sense mm. you know i've got to be more blameless than the people that i serve over mm. so uh. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's good stuff. And I see what you're saying, Derek, about um, all of us having issues, and and obviously we none of us are perfect disciples of the Lord Jesus exactly. Christ. Exactly. But you have to be a purposed disciple mm. of Understood. the Lord Jesus Christ. So yeah. what about the idea then that God doesn't always call the qualified, but he always qualifies the called? Is that in Scripture? But what is Scripture is that he is the one who demands our glory and his strength that is made perfect in our weakness. Right. But is our weakness due to our own decisions <laughs> that we're making? Right. Or is it just the weakness accorded to all mankind, which is that we're all fallen before God? Understood. Even the best of us still um, require the righteousness of the Lord Jesus right. Christ. Mm-hmm. And he does qualify the called. It's no question about it. I don't think God calls us to do anything that he doesn't provide or prepare us to do. Yes. He doesn't demand anything from us that he, doesn't, that he hasn't already equipped us to be able to, to, to render, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we walk a fine line when we use statements like that and, and they become blanket statements for qualifying people for service because one of the dangers is that just because one is called and the, and the Lord is the one who qualifies the call, mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, and you have an individual uh, who feels called or who wasn't called, let's put it this way, mm-hmm. who perhaps wasn't called because then we eventually have to define called. Okay. And how does one know he or she was called? Is it because they're doing what they love to do? Mm-hmm. Does that make it a calling? Mm-hmm. Or were they walking down the street and had a Damascus Road experience? Right, right. You know, or was it because their grandfather and their grandmother and their mother and their uncles and aunts served in the same area of ministry? And right. so therefore, so it, it was must like passed be a down calling from generation off. to generation, right? From Deacon Johnson to Deacon Johnson. <laughs> or is it just natural charisma? I mean, and I think that's what has led to the decline in the quality of leadership within the church is that oftentimes people have looked just to the most charismatic person and not necessarily to the character of that person. And so um, I think that in terms of the whole interview process and, and things that we go through, even just for our choir members, granted, we're not going to find the perfect person. I mean, none of us is is would be qualified if that was Absolutely. the case. Understood. Right. right. And that's my point. Right, right. None of us ultimately is qualified. I mean, mm-hmm. but God gives grace. But God. And there and there has to be a standard. When there is no standard, you know, people will do what's right in their own eyes. We will. You know, there's got to be a standard. There's got to be a rule. There's got to be an order in which is established for uh, for any area of ministry, this is the standard. Understood. And some ministries have the standard here. Other ministries have the standard here. Other ministries have the standard here. And and the and the reason that I I think we need to continue to raise the standard is because it's becoming so easy to be declared bishop and apostle and minister of music. I mean, I yeah, can get a yeah. degree online tomorrow yeah. <laughs> and be okay. Apostle right. Thomas, you know, right, right, I haven't right. planted a church anywhere, you know, sure, and don't even have a pastor's heart. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but but you got the online degree. Right, exactly. And one thing I actually was thinking of a few minutes ago that Greg mentioned, when you asked about being disqualified from ministry, I don't think anyone ultimately is disqualified forever. It may be that God is just wanting to work on that person a little right. more. So, now, or God saying no now doesn't mean that he's never going to bring you into that 
place of ministry that you think you're supposed to I be think in. that's a very good point. We had a guest on, Alex Stevens. He said, he said something so profound, it kind of stuck with me. He said, salvation can come in an instant. He said, but deliverance may take time. Mm. So um, that, was, that was a very good, very good point. What about a qualified person who isn't a seasoned worship leader? I keep talking about worship leader because you're a worship leader, and I want to aim these questions at you. <laughs> <laughs> what about a qualified person who isn't a seasoned worship leader but possesses a deep desire to lead the people of God in spirit-filled worship? How are they qualified? With the qualifications and the standards that we so stated based in Scripture. I'm assuming they can sing. Well, they're it's, not it's, as seasoned. Well, let's I, say I, I, I was wondering if you were saying qualified in that they have the <laughs> skills. Well, maybe they have the skills to sing or play an instrument, but they haven't done it before. They haven't led worship before. Then, then there's an apprenticeship, you know. Every you know, Paul had Timothy. You know, so there's an apprenticeship. Okay. You've got to go through an apprenticeship. Okay, there's a season that. that you walk under somebody who's done what you're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to a place where, you know, ministers become reverends yeah. in some circles and yeah. then, you know, reverends in some circles become apostles and some apostles become bishops, you know. So there's a season in which we have to all walk in something. We have to walk in a particular area and go through an apprenticeship. You know, Paul told Timothy, you know, to, to uh, you know, Second uh, uh, Timothy uh, chapter one, verse 14. Well, I'll start at 15. It says, to stay to show thyself approved. Unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, Rightfully rightly dividing, dividing the word, the word of, of truth, truth. Yeah. but shun profane and vain babblings. For that, you know, and he goes through this. Yeah. It's an instruction, you know, to study, to prepare yourself, to become a student of, mm-hmm. you know, take my yoke upon you, scripture says, and learn of me, the Lord says. Mm-hmm. That is to become a student of. That okay. yoke is to become a student of. So we all have to become a student and, and go through this apprenticeship before we are actually prepared, fully prepared, fully equipped to actually lead a people. It's just like anything. You know, I think one of the things we do in the church sometimes is that we lower the standards so much in the, in the, in the field. Yeah. But when we look at the world, it's a totally different standard. The standard in the world seems to be higher. I'm not walking into a Fortune 500 company without an MBA at least. Well, let's talk about the standard. Let's talk about <laughs> the know? standard and let's talk about covering. Because as the standard rises, and there may be people in the choir, in leadership, that want to keep their positions. They love singing tenor. They love singing (laughs) soprano and alto. They love worship leading. And they're not about to give that up. Okay? Because the standard is high, doesn't that kind of provoke people to cover up more? Keep in mind that I'm an advocate for transparency. I believe in that. I mean, we in the body of Christ should be transparent. Mm. I'm learning with discretion. But but doesn't that prompt people to cover up? I don't think it prompts people to cover up. Do you you understand what I'm saying, Dorian? I mean, you've got, you, you direct the youth choir. You've got a guy in the youth, you've got people who have been singing in the youth choir for how long? Well, they're young. They've yeah. been, been that well, long. Well, I guess it, so it can't be that, that we, long. We've got another choir. But, but, they, but they've been there, and they enjoy, there, right. they enjoy yeah. serving, and they yeah. enjoy singing the yeah. songs of Zion for the yeah. Lord, and you're leading them. But then there's a guy, Ralph, who says... Not you, Ralph. Not, not you. <laughs> choir member X, right. who says, you know, who, who has an issue. 
Right. Okay. He may have, like I said, may not smoke, may not drink, may not uh, club around or sleep around anymore, but he has an issue. Let's say Mm -hmm. jealousy. He has a competitive spirit, perhaps. What's interesting, though, is that issues like that are usually more easy to identify than some of the other issues. Really? Oh, yeah. Especially within the the context of a choir. Okay. You can see, it seems like you can see a lot of the sort of jealousy, pride, um, ambitious Mm -hmm. issues Mm -hmm. much easier than some of the more practical issues. Um, Just because singing is a very personal thing. Um, one of the worst things you could ever tell someone in some respects is that they can't sing because everyone in in some respect loves to sing. There are very few people that I've met who don't like to sing or don't think well, that they Derek can Well, Derek doesn't sing. like to sing. I'm going to try and sing. He's going to try, but he doesn't like it. <laughs> well, aren't you in the musical this Easter, Derek? Isn't that a... Qualification. All his well, roles are speaking roles. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Try and sneak a few notes in there, Derek. I'm sure it'll work out fine. All right, Dorian. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but, and there have been many times where these issues have, have risen up in terms of people. So what happens dis- when, that, when those issues arise? Because- I mean, I was going to say something also, Derek. He said, well, what if member X comes to us and shares? Well, that in itself, the fact that they can feel free to come and confess their sin, that right. they're struggling with something, is evidence to me that God is working. Absolutely. Right. Because okay. the whole idea of the fall is that man has tried to cover himself, mm-hmm. not only from God, yeah. but from other people as well. Right. And so those cases are usually easier to work Absolutely. with. Absolutely. They came than, took off their leaves. Exactly. You know? <laughs> then the, then the so person much for the that's, that's yeah. found out. And... and there are many ways of, of being found out in this in this day and age. I mean, we have, again, I'm speaking from working with the youth. It's the era of Facebook and the era of Twitter and MySpace and all of these other public places where people tend to unwittingly unveil what used to be private private things. Yeah, it's an online um, diary, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think even part of the background check, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, is is – Seeing if a person has a Facebook page or a MySpace and what page they're and, saying has, and, and has questionable content, absolutely. On it. Wow, um, because <laughs> we're, we're nosy, be, we're getting nosy. Yeah, yeah. but it's <laughs> but not, you know what? It's, it's not even society, a matter of being nosy. It's, it's a just society a matter of googling someone. Absolutely. I mean, something that anyone can 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 do. That's yeah. interesting because not only do they represent the ministry, more more importantly, they they are representing God. Right, mm-hmm. and I think we've had enough misrepresentation of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. But it also shows that God has a completely different standard or, or idea of who he wants who he wants to use. And obviously a standard we all need to live up to. Tell you what, you know, time time just flies by quickly. We're already we're already at the break. Mainly because of you, Greg Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's good stuff. Really, really good stuff. When we come back from the break, we are going to talk about the fine line. We're going to walk the line, the fine line between performance and music ministry with Greg Thomas, Dorian Johnson, the musical mission.
God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is a provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is a husband to the widow. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio. Where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City. The Bible speaks in the Old Testament of a man who just came to the end of himself. Now, he considered himself a fairly good man, but nevertheless, he just hit the wall, literally. He couldn't go any farther in life. The Scripture tells us that he began to pray and call out to God, and I don't know what his prayer sounded like. Maybe it was just like you and I sometimes pray. God, I can't go on if you don't help me. I don't know how to get through another day. He just prayed. Now, the Bible tells us that as he prayed, the word of God came to him. God said, I've heard you. I've seen your tears, and I'm going to give you life. I'm going to deliver you out of the hand of all that afflicts you, and I am going to defend you for my name's sake. It is really time to pray. If ever you and I have turned to God, if you're, if you're losing heart and hope today, would you just take these words into your heart and say, Lord, I need you. It's time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. It's DSA Music Radio's Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis, and we are back having a great, informative, spiritual, spirited conversation with uh, Greg Thomas, the director of music here at Times Square Church, and Dorian Johnson, who is a worship leader and director of the Youth Choir here at TSC. And why don't you just uh, make it clear to anyone who is listening that the standards that we talk about for qualifications are not our standards, not Dorian's standards, not Greg's, and certainly not mine, and not those here of Times Square Church. They are biblical standards. And uh, just to set you on the right path and get you started in study, we have a few that you can look up. Uh, try First Timothy 1 through 13 talks about qualifications. Titus 5 through 16, that's Titus 1, 5 through 16. You can also check out First Chronicles chapter 15, verses 16 through 22, uh, concerning music ministry, Second Chronicles chapter 5, 11 through 14. Greg suggested um, chapter 20, verses 1 through 25, and also Second Corinthians chapter 4. And you know what? That should be enough to get you started. That should be enough to get you started on qualifications and what it takes to serve in various areas of ministry. Let's talk. <laughs> you agree? <laughs> Dorian's looking at me like, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about um, what we were talking about during the break. One of the things that we did not really address when it comes to qualifications is 
accountability. Who's accountable to who? That's a good question. Right. Unfortunately, people pick and choose who they want to be accountable to, and it's usually the people who won't check them and challenge them. I see very good. They choose to be accountable to. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've heard our senior pastor, Pastor Carter, say many times, talk about who he's accountable to. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people see senior pastor and they think, well, he doesn't answer to anybody but God, you know, but it's not the case. He, he's, and and he's transparent about that. He answers to people. Um, so all are of you the accountable to someone? I'm accountable directly to senior pastor. Absolutely. Okay. And I, but I choose to be accountable to Dorian. Okay. And I choose to be accountable to my staff. Why? Because of, well, because if I if I feel that the only person that I can disclose to is Pastor Carter, what happens when Pastor Carter is not available? Understood. Because he's not always available. What about you, Dorian? Who are you accountable to? Well, I'm accountable to Greg. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Also accountable to other brothers that I I fellowship with as well in terms of just where I am. And and, and oftentimes in this generation in particular, accountability can be sort of a bad word um, in that people think that automatically it's somebody having control over you. Mm. But it it, it right. isn't about control at all. Ultimately, How do you see it? I see it as somebody that is basically walking beside you mm-hmm. um, on this on this journey with God. Yeah. And oftentimes we will start if if you're dri- I'm thinking of driving a car. Sometimes if you're driving for a long time, you start to fall asleep. Sure. And you start veering off the road. Oh, that's a good and that way to person look at it. is there to sort of give you a nudge right. in the in the right. ribs or roll down the windows right. or, or turn, up, turn start, up the music. Exactly. Sure. Doing something to get you to wake up. Well, let me ask you this, Dorian. You say you're accountable to Greg and you already have the position of youth choir director and you're a worship leader. Let's say you're going through a struggle, you're going through an issue, something happened. God forbid. But let's I'm you know, hypothetically, you know me. I'm gonna yeah. So, I mean, and, and, so, and you go to and you go yeah, to Greg. Yeah, aren't you afraid of your position? No, ultimately, I mean, You're because not. because ultimately it's about Christ. Ultimately, it's about my walk with Christ, and I know that I can trust that Greg has my best interests at heart. I see. And if that means that my position needs to go, then so be it. But, but I mean, mm-hmm. and and let me sort of, and I think. Part of what I was going to say before is that accountability also means is is means that we're divulging something bad. Mm. But there are things in our life that happen, um, sickness, illness, um, financial trouble, that we can also be need to be accountable about because that will affect our ministry. Understood. Um, yeah. A few years ago, my family we went through a very tough time mm. uh, with an illness in our own family, really? and one of the first people that I called was Greg. Okay. Um, because he needed to know. And, and, and I shared it also with uh, Pastor Patrick, who's someone else I should have mentioned before that I'm accountable to right. as I serve under him as well. And right. so those were the, the first people that I called and told what was going on because that was going to affect my ministry, not mm-hmm. only within this church, but, but it's going to affect me in terms of my walk with the Lord also. Um, we We can... The enemy or in our flesh will find any avenue to mm-hmm. get us to get us on a path of not believing God. Sure, sure. And anything, whether it's sin or whether it's just the issues of life that come in. So there's always that that uh, that 
desire in the heart. To, it mm-hmm. says we're bent on backsliding. Yeah. And, and out of everything yeah. you said, yeah. the one thing that really sticks to me is that accountability is not a bad word. Right. right. It's right. a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And it's not necessarily about just divulging evil things. Right. It's a, I right. mean, we we come in and we talk about what's going on in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, and part of that is accountability as well. I sure. mean, we have to know each other in order to be able to Absolutely. walk with each other. I mean, if if we're on a a long drive across the country, it's going to be a very boring ride if we never say anything to one another or if you're talking about the weather yeah exactly (laughs) exactly so i mean i can share things that are going on in my family things that are going on greg shares things going on in his family i mean and obviously it's not just so that we can um just uh pass the time but we also know how to pray for one another as well right Um, so your accountability your accountable partner should be someone with a level of spiritual maturity I would, yeah, I would it think so. Okay. Absolutely. It should be because, Absolutely. I mean, you don't want, you don't, and I'm not going to say you don't want to be accountable to someone that's new to the faith, but ultimately that person that you're speaking to has to realize that every issue of life is spoken to in the word of right. God. Understood. And right. it may not be spoken to specifically, but there are principles in the word of God that that person should be able to point you to. Right, because I just had a conversation in the lunchroom. We were talking to a couple of believers in there. We were talking about transparency, and we were talking about being transparent. And I just told you in the, in the first half of the podcast that I'm I'm a fan of that. It's like I'm open, but it has to be with discretion, sure. with wisdom, sure, and with someone, preferably with spiritual maturity. Sure, sure. Well, I've learned something. Thank you very much, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that line, that fine line between performance and worship. Well, I mean, I, I'll just speak as someone from outside of yeah. of music because I share or tell people all the time, just as Greg says that he um, never studied music, I never studied music. And I don't know how to play one note. Okay. Um, and well, some people look at me and say, like, how do you do me. Yeah. No, I can't play any instrument. Everything that I have is a gift of God. And so really? for me, nice. looking at music is, I look at it from a totally different place than Greg does, who's been involved in it for most yeah. of his adult life. And so yeah, for me. He's notes, chords, he's yeah, progressions. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I think in terms of just gospel music and and it being something that we sing a lot, particularly in the youth choir, but I mean, and even in, in our adult choir as well, you hear more talk about the gospel music industry. Okay. And when you talk, when something becomes an industry, it just becomes a business. And what's the purpose of a business, but to make as much money as through possible. performance, through performance or through getting out a product that people will buy. Okay. Um, I- and, and because of that, I have seen just how, the lifestyles of the people presenting this product yeah. doesn't line up with what they're singing about. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh. Don't yeah. don't take me over there. Because <laughs> 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 we start talking industry, that's a whole other podcast. And uh, Greg, we got to get into one of those. Uh, Can I get your permission to do one absolutely. of those? Absolutely. Um, but no, I was actually talking about the fine line. M- ministry uh, and performing. Right. I've never been a performer. I've never had a desire to be a performer. I've never had a desire to be the artist, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And and 
and and I'm just saying that 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 was just my case. There's some situations where I know I I know some real strong ministers of music who at one point in their life were great performers, right? And have since come to know the Lord and have given that gift and that talent to the Lord and are no longer performers. Now, what happens is your is your question. Exactly. I think what happens is you then realize at some point you move from the glory going to you to the glory going to him. Ah, I see. Where and that going. comes directly out of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. that comes out of and that relationship is built on, uh, on on the word of God. So when we see people performing, we're seeing them sing gospel songs, but they're performing. You're saying that their life is not submitted. I, I would say an area of their life is not submitted. Absolutely. What do you and, say, and that Dorian? is the part of us that always wants more. Oh, I see. Us. Very good. Yeah. yeah. And that flesh is never satisfied, never satisfied anyway. Right. Right. I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, it boils down to the fact that at the end of the day, where are you going to find your satisfaction when someone comes up to you and says, good job? <laughs> or is it when no one says good job, but you know that you've done yeah. what God has called you to do or, or asked you to do on that particular day? And you know something about that is that you will still find performers who will say, I'm doing what God has called me to do. In that it is all performance. The entire 45 minutes is choreographed. It's all performance. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being well rehearsed and having a well-oiled machine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that if, 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 if I do this segue and I hit this note and I do this riff, I can make this happen and make that. So they have, you know what I mean? They yeah. Oh, sure. Ebbs and flow sure. that, that they've, that are somewhat predictable that they know will get a response from, from the people. Because again, at the end of the day, the next concert has to have as many, and excuse the expression, but this is the theater term. The next concert has to have as many butts and seats. Right. As this sold out concert does. And if it doesn't, you, you follow well, me? The motive and is so all, you start moving toward out. more performance. I think you say it best. I think we've made it part of the motto here. You know, if ever the messenger, supersedes the message we are moving into performing and and i think Uh, even in terms of my own thinking about leading worship i mean it's being in this church for such a long time um and also a lot of the other worship leaders being in this church for such a long time there are particular songs that will get the it will (laughs) evoke it will evoke response sure sure. it'll evoke a a great response but the the temptation and the temptation sometimes is to always sing those songs just so that you are getting the response. It's, from it's the an easy way out of, right. of, of, of having to go to <laughs> right. Too. Okay. Right. But the challenge is not relying on that, mm-hmm. but relying on God and saying, you know what, God, if I'm the only one singing this song, you're going to receive worship from from this song, mm-hmm. from sure. this chorus. Sure. Um, and and that's a challenge that a worship leader has has to. To take sometimes. But but think of it. It's like, you know, you, you don't sing one of those songs that you know is going to provoke a response. And then you get out there and you sing a song like, yes, Jesus loves me. And the spirit of God falls on the congregation. You know, it has nothing to do with you. Right. 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 And we got to be fine with that. We and gotta, you got to be good. We got to be fine with the fact that it is not about us. Wow. This has been really, really good. And it goes too, too quickly. Dorian Johnson, youth director for Times Quick. Yeah, you're out of the hot seat now. It's all over. <laughs> breathe, Dorian. Breathe. <laughs> it's been great having you, man. It's been really good. It's been good being here, Derek. Yeah, and Greg Thomas, as usual. 
Just uh, great to have you on Music with a Mission. Take joy, my king, and what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. By the way, we do want to hear what you think about Music with a Mission. We want your tips, hints, questions, and suggestions. Email your comments to music at timesquarechurch.org or check out TSA Music on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, visit the website, www.tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music of this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and special administrative assistance from Jessica Carrasco. Remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Derek Davis. Join us next time on Music with a Mission.